Welcome to the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast, the ultimate guide to feeling and looking your best. Join me, your host, as we embark on an exciting journey to discover the power of nutrition, exercise, sleep, recovery, and mental performance. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted as we uncover the secrets to unlocking your full potential and living your best life. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a wellness warrior, or just looking to improve your overall well-being, this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to elevate our performance together. The topic of when to change your diet or eat more food. It's a really good one, and I think this is something basically everybody's confused about, right? If you knew what to do, when to make the moves, when to make the adjustments or whatever, then you wouldn't need the help of the nutritionist, right? That's really the tricky thing, and that's why in the weight loss or fat loss world, people have a lot of success losing the weight. They have not very much success maintaining that weight loss because this is exactly what people do is that people go into this fat loss phase. They see the results quickly. Okay, yeah, you cut a bunch of calories out, all of a sudden body weight's dropping, life's good, everyone's happy, you're living the dream, and then all of a sudden something stalls out and you don't know what to do, right? So maybe you take things down even lower, right? it's still not working. Or now your energy is just in the tubes, you're just not feeling good, your training is not going well, life in general just sucks because you're not eating any food, you got no energy, or maybe you're undernourished, all these different things. And then we start running into troubles. And then usually what'll happen is at that point, that's where the crash and burn pops in, right? You take some time, you eat more food, and the weight starts to come back on. And that's where we lose that ability to maintain that fat loss or that weight loss that, that we achieved. So basically like this is my job <laughs> is to help people navigate this specific situation right how do you lose the body weight but then after you've lost the body weight how do we make sure we can begin eating more food again or once that's run its course basically how do we then navigate the next steps okay and that's important so that's going to be for anyone who's at a, on a very low calorie diet or doing some kind of a fat loss phase right at a caloric deficit this could also just be for you if you've just been stuck trying the same stuff for a long time and it's not working, but you're not confident to understand what's the next move to make. Because that's the last thing anybody wants to do, right? Is like either you do a bunch of work, you get that weight loss, and then you reverse that by trying to come out of that fat loss phase, or you're just stuck and you don't feel like you're making progress anyway, so you make a change and then things get even worse for you. Those are the two things I think that people are scared about most, and that's why probably we don't make the changes that need to be made and we don't make them fast enough because we're living out of fear that, oh my God, what if this adjustment I make is no good and it just doesn't do the job for me. So basically that's the deal, right? The big thing is basically want to turn your struggles into your success, right? So I want to teach you how you can push the right buttons at any stage of the game so that you can make sure that you're always continuing to make progress or if not making a ton of progress all the time, at least you're not going backwards, right? We want to be maintaining our progress at the very least so that we can still continue to feel good about what we're doing and how our nutrition is supporting our goals. So I see this all the time. Honestly, like this is the biggest thing for so many people. They come to me, they're either under eating or they've been under eating for a really long time, or they're just literally stuck. They don't know what to do. And then we start to make those changes. We start to push these buttons. And then all of a sudden scale starts moving, body comp starts changing, inches start falling off. These are all the things that obviously we want to do. And I think that personally, like when you know how to push these buttons, 
this is essentially what you're going to be able to do for yourself is you're always going to be able to stay in a situation where you're really seeing some progress, right? It may not always be weight related, but certainly change in inches, change in body comp. So let me start with when to come out of the calorie deficit, right? So there's a few things that I'm always looking for when I think that it's time for somebody to come out of that calorie deficit or at least start to make your way out of it. Increase your calorie intake in some form or another so that you can start to get things back on track again. And these are usually what I'm looking for. And at this point, it's time to make that adjustment, okay? So when to come out of the calorie deficit, okay? Energy lows, that's the huge one, all right? And the reason why this is so big is that people will say, Adam, I'm eating way less food. Of course I should have less energy. And that's the truth, right? But we don't wanna get to a point, and this is what I'm always working on with people, is that we have to consider our body's ability to conserve energy, right? So with that metabolism, being adaptive and reactive, your body has methods in place to conserve energy when you are not eating enough energy, right? So when you're at this calorie deficit, your body has these methods in place where, you know, involuntary movements and things like that and motivation to get up and do certain things around the house or whatever it might be are really gonna, gonna decrease over time. So a lot of times what we end up doing and then with these energy lows, then workouts will suck. You don't get up and move around as much. Maybe you don't take that nighttime walk anymore because you're too tired. You're not doing as much around the house or anything just because you just don't have the energy to do it. And a lot of this stuff is involuntary. You won't maybe even notice that you're doing it as much, but th these are all ways that our body saves energy, right? So the way I see it is this, if I'm eating 2000 calories and I can crush a hard workout, I can go for a walk, I can stay active with the kids or the dogs or the pets or whatever, you can do your housework, you're moving around throughout the day and your energy levels stay high. Is it really worth sacrificing that to cut your calories by 300 calories? And then all of a sudden, okay, we cut out 300 calories, but how much energy is our body now conserving because our workouts aren't as good? So we're not training with the same intensity. Maybe we're going shorter, we're powering out. We're not moving around as much throughout our day. We're not walking, we're not doing those chores. We're not taking the dog out as long, whatever it might be. We're not doing the involuntary movements, talking with your hands, fidgeting around. This is a big one. You notice I'm doing this all the time when I'm talking. And when you have no energy, that'll happen a lot of times with people is that you'll only basically do those things that you force yourself to do and you won't have energy for much else. So I'm a big believer that when you start to hit those energy lows in this calorie deficit, it's time to come out of that, right? Because now all of a sudden we don't have that caloric deficit that we think we have anymore. So you're sitting back, oh, I'm, I'm starving myself. I'm only eating... 16, 1700 calories. I don't understand why it's not working. Meanwhile, every all these quality of life factors and all these movement and activity factors in your life are decreased and your calorie expenditure is less. So that's a huge one that people run into that they don't pay enough attention to, okay? And just to stay on the line of like performance, right? So when you're weaker and slower, same thing, right? If you're in the gym and you just feel weak, you feel slow, you feel tired, all these different things, it's probably time to increase your calories. Does that mean you need to shoot them up five, six, 700 calories or something like that. No, you're probably gonna wanna do small incremental jumps each week. Maybe you go 100 calories a week or whatever and see where, if you can get those energy levels and those performance parameters to return back to the baseline. And then maybe you can stay in a lighter deficit and still continue to see progress, just not at such an extreme rate. But that way you're at least not stalling out, right? Excessive hunger, cravings, and mood swings is another huge one. So again, it's all good to be in that calorie deficit, but if you're having a blowout three nights a week where you're friggin' binge eating from 9 till 10 p.m. because you're just so damn hungry, 
or maybe you're one of those people who it's chicken and salads Monday through Friday, and then it's just all bets are off all weekend. That's not something that we're going to want to do either, right? Because again, everything's cumulative over time. So what happens is we run into these issues where if I'm having, say, five days of the week where I'm in an extreme deficit, but I'm having two or two days of the week where I'm at a pretty extreme surplus, then everything's going to balance out, right? So again, if we're getting these excessive hunger, cravings, mood swings, energy swings, all these different things, then to me, that's a time where it's okay. The body's asking for more starting to get stressed here like the stress is really starting to add up and that's leading to these these symptoms essentially and now it's time to start working our way out of that deficit and then the last one is progress related is if you if your progress is stalled for two plus weeks then i would say it's probably time to switch something up right if you've been con- consistently dropping weight at a pretty consistent level but now all of a sudden it's been a few weeks you've got some of these symptoms that i mentioned and progress is really starting to slow then it's probably an opportunity for you to just take some time and just eat a little bit more food, right? I will tell everybody all the time, you don't need to and you don't want to be focused on fat loss every day of your life, 365 days a week, okay? It's not the most advantageous way to go about things for all of these reasons I just listed, okay? So it's okay. It's okay if you're not burning fat for three days this month. It really is, okay? Your body's gonna be just fine. You're gonna be just fine, all right? But I think what people do is they get in this mindset of like, all right, if I'm not burning fat, if I'm not in a calorie deficit, I'm just not doing it right, or I'm just, I'm not, I'm working against myself. And it's not the case. When we go back to these metabolic adaptations, which is literally that metabolism being adaptive and reactive. So when, let's just say, we've been living our life, our energy expenditure is 2,000 calories a day, our energy intake is around 2,000 calories a day, then we take 500 of those away. Right now we're at 1,500 calories. At some point, that metabolism is adaptive and reactive. At some point, it's going to start to adapt to that caloric intake, right? So that's what we want to avoid, okay? So sometimes it's very advantageous to take the opportunity to eat more food, call it a refeed, call it a re-energize, call it a re-nourish, whatever you want to do, call it a rehabilitation of the metabolism if you want to, I don't care what you want to call it. It can be very advantageous and it can be very important, right? This is why bodybuilders don't walk around at 4% body fat all year long. They go up to 18 or 20% in their off season because they got to build muscle. They got to get their energy back. They got to re- rehab their hormones and stuff, right? Like even hormonal levels and stuff will drop on those people pretty substantially and pretty significantly, right? Like there's a, there's a huge process here. You can't just live in that calorie deficit all year long or you're going to self-sabotage and Bodybuilders are a great example of that because they're doing things to maximize their muscle mass and obviously their fat loss, but you can see it with them. They work in seasons, right? There's times where they're a little heavier, they're eating more food. There's times where they're eating a lot less food and they're they're so lean that you can see every vein and every muscle, right? So that's a kind of a, a good example to consider, right? Is that even people like that are not walking around at 4% all year long because it's just not advantageous. At some point, they're going to hit plateaus. They're going to start losing a bunch of muscle. Their hormones and things are going to get all out of whack. And if you go long enough in that state, it's hard to rehabilitate things, right? So that's why I'm thinking even if you were doing two to three weeks out of each month where you're at a pretty extreme calorie deficit, and then you go into a week out of each month where maybe you bring things back to maintenance, you just refeed, re-energize, re-nourish, call it rehabilitation. It's the first time I've ever said that, but it sounds good, right? Let everything return to baseline a little bit and then jump back into things if you want. But then that way we keep energy levels high. We avoid all these 
excessive hunger, cravings, mood swings, brain fog, injuries is a huge one that I never brought up. When you're at this calorie deficit, it's a lot of stress on your body. Injuries start to stack up for people who are trying to stay very active. So those are all the things that I'm going to look out for when you're in that fat loss phase. And then if things really stall out, then it's probably time to just start to eat a little bit more food, let everything return to baseline a little bit, and then maybe you think to go back at it couple of weeks later or whatever, or maybe you just increase the food just a little bit and that's enough to get your energy levels back up and you stay in a deficit. It's just a little bit more modest and you continue to see progress, right? So that's kind of when to come out of the calorie deficit. And I could probably stop it there, but when to adjust a bad diet is the other one I wanted to cover. And when bad, I just mean it's just not working for you, right? You've been on this diet for a long time. Things aren't changing. Body composition's not changing. Maybe like energy levels and stuff are suffering or you've got some digestive issues or whatever it might be, right? Then at some point, this is where I think people get really afraid to make a different move and make a left turn a little bit because they don't want things to essentially get worse for them. But again, if it's not working at some point, you got to change. So I would say give this about three to four weeks. If you're about four weeks into trying to do something dietarily and it's just not, it's just not working for you, you're not seeing any kind of a result, then you need to make a little bit of a change, right? But you would not believe the amount of people that refuse or maybe not refuse but listen in this world a lot of us have a little bit of like body dysmorphia going on we don't recognize the changes that our body is making it's very hard when you're staring at yourself in the mirror every day you don't see the changes like other people see them so that's why i am a huge believer in take the progress pictures i don't give a fuck if you're embarrassed of your progress picture or not that's not what it's about okay it's, you don't have to share with anyone. You don't have to put it on the internet for people to see. Take the progress picture, keep it for yourself and use it for your records and don't, and try not to, I know it's like, don't, you know, it's harder than, easier said than done. You don't use it as a way to judge yourself, but use it as a way to see if what you're doing is working. So many people, and then measurements as well, get the measurements done as well, because so many people will say, hey, my diet's not working. I need to change something. I need to do something different. I got to eat less food. I got to go more of a deficit. And then if we actually take the opportunity to take some pictures and especially take some measurements, you'll see that inches are down. You lost an inch and a half off your waist. Things are changing, right? But it's hard to see when you're staring at yourself back and forth in the mirror every day, okay? You don't see the changes. And for someone like me, who's a coach, I only see people, you know, from the head up on Zoom. So if I don't have their photos and I don't have their measurements, pretty difficult to see changes in body composition, right? So don't jump to conclusions without actually doing some form of measuring progress, right? Because I think this one's huge is a lot of times people are going in the right direction, they're doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden they think it's not working and they bust out of it. And then you just ruined what was a good thing, right? So don't do that. Don't, and don't worry about your stupid progress picture. Take it anyway. Honestly, just save it for yourself. You don't have to share it. Just take the damn picture because it's worth it in the end. All right. And then, so the other thing is if it isn't working now, okay, we've all, we've got through that part. All right. And now it really isn't working. You're not making the changes, body composition staying the same. Could be two things, right? Usually people will want to slash calories right away or something like that. That's not my favorite thing in the world to do. So we want to objectively look at things where it's, okay, what are your, what's your BMR estimated to be? What is your activity level estimated to be? And where are, is your calorie level? Okay. If your calories seem to maybe be a little bit high, then yeah, sure, go ahead and drop those down. But I also like to tinker with the macros a lot, all right? 
So sometimes we don't even really have to change the number of calories that a person's eating. Sometimes the macro ratios are the thing that just needs to change. And then once those ratios get figured out, we get a little more protein heavy, depending on activity levels. We plug the carbs in where they're needed. If you're more active, you're gonna need more carbs. If you're less active, you're gonna need a little bit less carbs. And once we get those macro ratios figured out, then we can start to see the needle start to move again, right? So that's again where, to me, that's where a little bit of like the experience and the expertise of doing this with, I don't know, thousands of people at this point, that's where that's gonna, just the experience of doing that, it's easier to understand, okay, yeah, this is more of a calorie adjustment or this is more of a macronutrient adjustment. And easy way to, or for you to figure that out on your own too, is take, make sure you do some food logging, right? So, you know, if you're making dietary changes, take at least a week and do some weighing, do some measuring, do some food logging so you can actually understand what is your traditional or your typical caloric intake and then how do those macros stack up? And you might see something where you're like, oh shit, my fats are way high, my protein's way low. I would adjust that before I adjusted calories or especially slash calories out, right? Because we always wanna make this as easy as possible. And then the other thing is just getting accurate, right? Diet needs to be on point first, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, I've been dieting for a month and nothing's happening. I'm like, all right, what else did you do? I went on vacation for a week. I went out for drinks every Friday and Saturday night. I had a pizza four days out of the month. Like that stuff is gonna get in the way of your progress, okay? It's just the reality of it. So you need to stay consistent. And this is a lot, a lot of times people will say to me, should I change my calories? Should we change my macros? And it's like, you're not doing the calories and the macros that are recommended for you anyway. So what the hell are we going to change? There's variability in the process anyway right now. So if you have a bunch of variability in your process, it's probably not even that advantageous to, you can write down any number you want for calories and macros, but if you're not going to follow them anyway, it doesn't really matter. So that's where I would go more to adjusting your food choices, right? Are you getting enough protein? How many fruits and vegetables are you consuming a day? How many times a week do you feel like you're going for those cheat meals or you're really overeating or you're having a snack fest at night or something like that? Take account of that stuff first because that's going to be the stuff that's going to probably move the needle more for you. Another one, just get rid of alcohol. To me, the fastest way anybody working with me gets a really great result is they just take alcohol out of the equation. It just is what it is. I'm sorry, period, end of sentence. It is what it is. It's just... Alcohol just stunts the fat loss process. It ruins sleep, which messes with hormones, which messes with blood sugar regulation, which messes with our body's ability or the brain's ability to think straight due to poor sleep, which leads to poor food choices. There are just so many reasons. So I would remove the alcohol. So if you're someone who's on a diet, but you're consuming alcohol still every night, do that first. Don't mess with the diet, okay? And then last one is just be realistic about the stage of life and the level of commitment that you have available. So a lot of times people want to, they've got the friggin' their world's collapsing around them and they're like, should I go on a 1200 calorie diet? I'm like, no, we shouldn't. This is not the time for this. Let's manage some stress. You don't have 100% of your time, effort, energy, and everything to give to a pretty extreme diet right now. So don't. Find something that's a little bit more moderate, a little bit more managed. Continue to focus on food quality. Make sure you're getting protein at every single meal. Make sure you're eating a lot of vegetables. Make sure you're eating a lot of berries. Make sure you're being mindful of your portion sizes when you're out for meals. And if you've got to eat on the run a lot, make sure you're making better choices. Quit, quit going through McDonald's and Wendy's and these bullshit fast food drive-throughs. There's plenty of 
fast food type healthier options now for us or even now with like meal delivery services being so popular i'm sure in everybody's town there's a place where you can fall in and there's just those pre-made meals that are in a fridge or whatever and they're macro friendly things like that right there's a lot of different ways that we can manage it right that's another thing right is make sure that what's going on in your life matches your ability to be super rigid with a diet because a lot of times it just doesn't work out that way okay so that basically is the two things I wanted to share with you today, right? When to come out of that calorie deficit or at least start to work your way up from it, from a more extreme deficit, right? Energy lows, excessive hunger, cravings, mood swings, getting weaker, getting slower, getting injured, feeling lethargic, brain fog, all that stuff, probably time to start eating a little bit more or your progress is stalled for two plus weeks and you've got all that stuff underlying, right? Definitely probably time to start working your way out of it. Not I wouldn't recommend adding 800 calories tomorrow, but I would recommend adding a couple hundred, seeing how that works out, and then adding a couple hundred as needed after that. Okay, and then when to adjust the bad diet, give it a good three to four weeks, really dial it in, make sure that you're not making progress, make actual sure. And again, make sure your accuracy is there because that's the biggest one is a lot of people are like semi following the diet and then they want to blame or not blame, but they want to make adjustments when the consistency just isn't there to be adjusted. And then if you really want to see a result, just get rid of the booze. For the love of God, just stop the booze. <laughs> That's it. And then I'll bet you that things start moving in your direction, okay? And then obviously we just got to be realistic about things. Please note that this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information shared on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be used as a replacement for the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Additionally, the opinions and strategies discussed on this podcast are those of the guests and host and do not necessarily represent the views or endorsement of the podcast or its creators. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.